Hey, did you know that Two Girls Shooting the Shit is on Instagram and Facebook? We'd love to hear your feedback, episode suggestions, or just chat with you about life. So follow, comment, and share. You can tell they're testing you. They're trying to see like if they can get a rise off of you. I play along. I'm just, it depends on the circumstance, but I'll just be laughing and, you know, like, I'm not going to fa- take the bait. No. Are they trying to anger you, you mean? Like trying to get you to be that angry black woman? <laughs> Hi, Em. Why are you pointing at me? Because I want you to go first. Ladies first. That's what he said. All right. What are we talking about today? Uh, oh. All this BS that's going on. Ooh. First of all, your earrings are super cute. Thank you. So what are we talking about? We were supposed to be talking about race and like all the stuff that's been going race on recently. Race part two, three, four. Right. Part two, <laughs> race forever, ever. Shoot. At this point. So what? What's go- So you told me last week... About a nine-year-old in Rochester that got maced, and I had to look it up, and I watched the video, and I am irate. Do you hear that? There's people hammering. Yeah, the house is getting redone, so bear with me. Real housewives. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I am irate. That video pissed me off. Right? I, I couldn't even. I couldn't. Ah! Well, couldn't I read about it. it, and this is, I guess, where I'm coming from, because I'm having a real issue with police response to mental health and Mm -hmm. issues surrounding black people and mental health because I think Mm -hmm. that is bringing two very serious and often mistreated issues together Mm -hmm. in the case of the nine-year-old in Rochester and Rochester got its own problems they got a lot going on there but the nine-year-old I guess her mother called and said that she was threatening to kill herself and her mother this nine-year-old, and that's a baby. So that's and so that's obviously something that requires some sort of a therapist or somebody trained in, mm-hmm. in, in something with mental health because she's, you know, she's threatening to kill herself. And how does this baby, this child, end up handcuffed, screaming for her father in the video? She was handcuffed already. You maced her and she was handcuffed. What were you macing her for? You know, because she wouldn't get into the car. She was screaming for her now, daddy. Now she'll really want to kill herself. I mean, this she was ridiculous. screaming for her daddy. Get my I daddy know. first. Get my daddy. I want my daddy. And knowing her, she was probably, you know, knowing just, just being black in America, she was probably mm-hmm. scared for her life getting in that car. She didn't know what was going to happen. That's, yeah. And she's going to have to live with that. She's going to need a lot more help than whatever the mom thought she needed mm-hmm. before. And that's And that's the mom calling the police to help her. And then they hurt her baby. And that's the story too many places. Again, in Rochester, mm-hmm. I forgot the man's name, but his brother. People remember Henry Henry Louis Gates getting arrested going into his, his own, own house. Home. But, in Ro- but again, Rochester, I want to know what's going on there because somebody, uh, this man called the police to help him with his brother who was definitely in the middle of a mental health crisis. He was naked in the street and they put a bag over his head and suffocated him and he died. I have never heard of this. Like, Why are you putting a bag? What? It, I've never heard right? of that. You learned that as a kid. Don't put the bag over your head. You do it anyway, you know? But, I mean, the police. Yeah, I never did, heard why, of it. What is until, that? It happened before George Floyd, I think, but it wasn't talked about until after George Floyd. Mm. Well, here locally in Walnut Creek, California, there's another um, 
another occurrence, I guess you could call it, or another, I mean, I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, Miles Hall, he was having a mental health episode and he was trying to break into his, his grandmother's house, I believe. And his grandmother called the police saying that they were safe. They had left the home, but that Miles was trying to break into, I guess their slider or something. And he had a pole and in the call, in the 911 call, you can hear he has mental health issues. He has mental health problems, you know? And when the police came, they were down the street. He came running with his pole and, um, and they shot him dead. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, he has a pole you have a gun and you are a full street lengths away. Why are we shooting people? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, are there no other ways to assess like, Hey, this person has a bat or this person has a, a broom handle. Like those types of weapons even, yeah. don't need to be met with guns. Like I, I don't, there's gotta be other ways. You have a baton, you have a taser, you have your hands, you have, I mean, but I feel like even if they did have to shoot, they don't have to shoot to kill. Mm-hmm. So they, it just seems by design. I mean, I don't know what other way to put it. It just seems too institutionalized, too easy. And then, you know, what do people get? They get a paid vacation yeah. after all. Administrative leave. Know? Or desk duty. Yeah. It's just, they get to live their lives there, you know, and they, and then uh, to add insult to injury, they start getting like, everyone comes together and they get all of these GoFundMe's and everything and all of these fundraisers on their behalf. I just, I mean, the whole conversation about defunding the police, I think is one that needs to be further elaborated on. Because I think a lot of people here defund the police and they think it's just take money away. You know, they, they don't fully understand. Yeah. Reallocate. Yeah. Like, Rea- whoever came yeah. up with that Terrible. probably should have gotten some sign Yeah. Off. I mean, but there's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not by any means saying that being a police officer is easy. Because I, I know it's not. It can't be. You know, it's not, you're charged no. with, with the care and the safety of a community. and Yeah. I know. mean, and let's not, you know, there's a reason why we've had an increase in police officer suicide. It's hard. I know it's uh, hard. Yeah. And I don't think, I, I hope that, especially like the Blue Lives Matter people or whatever, like they, they need to understand that we all know that policing is a tough job. We all know that it's a necessary job, Right. Um, nobody's out here. I mean, I don't know if people are, but I am not advocating for any kind of uh, NWA activities or whatever. Um, no, obviously. But I think that I just want you to do your job, right, so we don't have those activities, right? right? And do it with you know minimal casualties. <laughs> just the idea that somebody with the training that a police officer straight out of the academy gets is called on to respond to a domestic violence issue with what. What level of training do they have for a mental health crisis for, again, domestic violence? Those are the most violent calls that they get. Like what, what training do they have? They need more or they need to have an expert or somebody on board. Who was the dude on SVU? He was a therapist or whatever. You need a therapist there. You need, everybody needs a therapist, but somebody's got to be there to to assess the situation. Somebody with the knowledge or, or expertise, like I mean, I but just, just think of them, and it, what that made me think of is think about all of these young people just got into the academy. They're they're ready to go out and uh, enforce the law and everything, and they probably didn't deal with their own stuff. So how are they going to be? A lot of these people they haven't dealt with their own stuff, and they're projecting it onto other people, like society and yeah. and people who aren't even criminals, you know, who haven't even had a trial and got death. And so it's it's like. No one talks about that, and, and it's it's seen as a weakness to seek uh, help for your mental health. And it's just like, 
Why is that? So okay. anyways, Mo, um, it is Black History Month. Yeah, I mean, I don't like, yes, Black History Month. I feel like people want a cookie, you know, because it's Black History Month and they acknowledge it. It's like, okay, what are you actually doing um, to acknowledge Blacks and, and our contribution and our history? Like, you're not doing anything. You're, you're, your brain is still operating the same and you're doing this. It's like almost like what they call like performative narcissism. Like, Ooh, yeah, girl. look at me supporting, <laughs> supporting the Black lives. You said you said supporting the blacks. I have a question about I have a lot of questions about um, language and how we speak about people, groups of people. Are you on the political correctness train? Where are you at as far as? um, Well, obviously, having said the blacks, I I think that's what I'm saying, because when you said, you know, and it's this is a thing that is very hard to explain to um, non-black people or maybe just people of color have an understanding versus versus a. people who are white um but like when you said the blacks it didn't hit me funny but Mm -hmm. when like trump said his blacks the blacks (laughs) it made me feel sick you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. i mean i I said last time that we have to be very intentional about black history or speaking about blackness or race i wonder if that's part of it language how we refer to ourselves how people refer to us what's acceptable I mean, if somebody, how do you feel about the term African-American? For me, I feel like that's just trying to take away from my nationality that I was born in America. Like, don't try to take away my nationhood and then you'd go to Africa. That's a continent. Yes. So what does that even mean? You know, so are we going to call anyone who's white European American? Well, we do say Asian American. We do say, I don't know what else we say. Asian. I mean, what else do we say? Wait a minute. Because all I'm thinking of right now is African American, Asian American. Maybe it's because I'm African American and Asian American. <laughs> but do we say Latin American? I mean, what do we call other people? Yeah, that's not even considered a race. If you ever look at the paperwork, it's like white, uh, not Hispanic. So we say Hispanic, right? For that, okay. Um, but, I'm and just, then you, but you get to also get a race as well. You get to you get a, you get two. African American never sat right with me. I know that it's used in intellectual speak. Like when I was in college, that's when it was really like African American, you know, African American studies. I think, you know, but I I think it was to get you like to have that pride in the continent since there's no way to know where where you're from because of, well, there wasn't because of, there wasn't, you know, 23andMe and all this stuff. And so it kind of just became a way of self-empowerment. And then somewhere, and you know, it's kind of like everything good, you know, it's always something happens and it ruins it for everyone, right? Yeah. I don't know what that something was. I'm more comfortable with the term black. Yes, I love it. And I feel like people, they have an aversion. Like when we talk about colorism, people don't like black. We talked about this in another episode about how people, you know, your mom is so black or you're so (laughs) black, you know? And it's just like. Why is that? I think black is beautiful. I love it. But just you know, the like, term. The term is fine. I'm just yeah, talking about, I mean, it, I know there's, it encompasses a whole set of meaning yeah. and everything, but. Just like we were talking about, words have meaning. Yes, so girl, like, they is, do. What is being attached? <laughs> well, how about, okay, how about colored? <laughs> that makes me laugh. Because I've heard that. I've heard that within the last 10 years yeah. in my home. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, I'm sure you have. It, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, colored. I think it's ridiculous. Like, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't let things, like, it doesn't bother me because it's, obviously there's something wrong. Like, there's a disconnect. That person doesn't have a full understanding. Like, they're not so in reality. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're just in the sunken place. I'm like, I don't deal with that. The sunken you know? place. <laughs> like, uh, that movie was, was amazing once I wrapped my head around it and, and realized, you know, took it in for what it was. Like, it's so funny because. We're talking about Get Out, by the way. One of my one of my adopted moms, you know, like one of my uh, moms, I claim she she thought it was a compliment to call me uh, a negress. She was like, "You beautiful negress." And Is she I white? Like, yes. No, girl, mama, no. <laughs> but I wasn't even mad about it, like because I knew her enough to know, like, yes, she she probably didn't mean it in the most positive way but i can also see where she was coming from she's you know that's just but she knew she, she, she knew really not thought, to use the n-word with the er right so why would she think that? no but that's what i'm saying she said because in her mind it was like goddess and black woman you know like so did like, you say something okay did you like correct her? no i just i just laughed so she out like, there in the world calling people niggers <laughs> no because it became a running joke because you know, like everybody was making fun of her because it was so wrong you know not wrong but like it was just no it's so, wrong no, no awareness awareness yeah but it's like why are you going to get upset because someone has no awareness why like it's not i don't get upset this is the convert this is the point that i always have when i have mm-hmm. race conversations with people who are are white is i'm not mad First of all, I mean, I may get, well, why? <laughs> no, but I may get passionate. I'm very I'm passionate <laughs> about this. This has mm-hmm. been a huge part of my life, my life experience, um, my empathy and my sympathy for people who have gone through a lot of things in their life that many white people will not, I had to whisper that, I don't know why, but many <laughs> white people will not understand. They will just will never experience it, you know? Um, and so I do get passionate about it, but I'm not mad at anybody. Like, I'm not mad at you for not understanding I may get mad for you at you for not wanting to continue a conversation when you get frustrated, like pull your big boy pants up and let's continue the conversation. It's uncomfortable. Let's get past the discomfort to a place of mutual understanding. Like we don't, it's a privilege to be able to get frustrated and walk away from a topic that has nothing to do or doesn't, doesn't impact you in the same way. But Mm -hmm. I'm not mad if you don't understand and you say negress or you say something and you don't understand the implications or, or the, the meaning behind it which i think is stupid like don't say something if you don't know what you're saying like that's just my general rule in life or whatever is like if mm-hmm. i don't know what i'm talking about i'm gonna say i don't know what i'm talking about but if you don't understand i'm here i, I i'm not here to be your teacher but if you're a friend or, or a loved one of mine I, I will of course have a conversation with you and try to find a meeting of the minds you know i get mad when i've told you and you know and i know you know and you still acting stupid that's when i get mad yeah but I mean, people can be, that's another thing that makes me upset is I can't be passionate without being told I'm angry. I'm a passionate woman. So are you mad about being told you're being mad? No, I'm just even more impassioned. So race, Mm -hmm. gender, that's what I wanted to talk about when we were talking about the nine-year-old. Why is it, you know, they keep having studies about little black girls and how people feel no empathy for them. Why is that? Well, they don't care about black grown-up women. (laughs) <laughs> so they probably care even less about the smaller versions of ourselves you know it's really sad it is so sad even if a kid is precocious it's still that's still a kid being in a city and you see a lot of these kids you know are maybe eight or nine years old and they have this demeanor like they're a grown woman but that's probably how they were raised in you know society and all of these different things yeah. there's still a child and i'm still going to acknowledge that you're a child yes and I think that's the problem. People want to t- treat these kids like adults. And I think I mentioned this in one of uh, our other talks is that um, 
I went to a school, an elementary school where people were pregnant, yeah. you know, at 11 years old. And so it's almost like this far factory farming kind of thing, like the factory farm of the black woman. Well, I want to know that's still going. How, how do you think that happens? Do you think that it's, and that's not a loaded question. I'm just like, how do you think that? Happens? Do you think that Numbers. it's um, more prevalent amongst young black girls or is it um, a socioeconomic situation? Is it a race issue? Is it a family dynamic? What do you think are the contributing factors to, you know? I think it's a combination. Pregnancy at that age. Yeah, because it definitely happens because I also knew a 14-year-old. She was white and she was getting married. All her parents had to do was sign off and then she could get married. And that was fine? Yeah, that was completely fine. Yeah. Oh, did she choose her husband or or was it somebody like yeah was pregnant it was, a, or it was a guy. i don't i don't know the story and like this was like seventh eighth grade so girl yeah. that makes me sad these are these are again white black whatever so they're children the south yeah maybe yeah. y'all and y'all got some extra going on i remember when i was in 10th grade there was a, a guy i don't know what he was he was east asian and he 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 got emancipated like at 16 so he was living on in his own bachelor pad and everything. And, at six, you know, yeah, he's living the life. That's what every 16-year-old. Yeah. But it kind of, like, I think about it, and it's like we were talking earlier about the police and, like, uh, the lack of training for mental health. Well, there's no different. The one thing that is constant is these were all military places, you know, Where you were places that up. had a strong, yeah, a military presence. And... They definitely didn't. I don't know what they do now, but they definitely didn't value mental health. You know, it's almost seemed like people were robots. And, you know, that's in. And look at all the people who had PTSD and all of these things who are just thrown out. They're still out there. Yeah. It just makes you understand like it. there's so much work to be done. And it's just like I can't imagine the world if everyone just did the work. Like, why is it that it's always somebody taking something from you or doing something? We can we can really coexist like. But no, that'd be too easy. I think they're trying to put more of a focus on mental health now. I mean, I, I think especially with Yeah, COVID, I hope so. Um, I know that there's been more of a push. I know Michelle Obama worked a lot on it uh, with Dr. Biden dealing with the vets, the veterans that were coming back with PTSD and, and making sure that they had therapy because the suicide rates are astronomical. And I think also just commercials with celebrities we talked about celebrity influence and stuff like that in politics but you know celebrities uh for talk space i don't know anything about it i'm not plugging it but uh, michael yeah. phelps or demi lovato like like famous people saying hey sometimes yeah you need to talk or to what's somebody. her name Tar- taraji p henson yes, just yes, came yes. out about ptsd and everything and yeah. so that's something people need to see especially like being a black woman you know like it is safe to get therapy to take care of your mental health what do you okay so if we're talking about mental health there was an episode of this is us and um i really want to have my therapist friend on to discuss this too but uh randall had a therapist that he saw and he had to stop seeing her especially after george floyd and all this stuff and he really needed to find a black therapist like is do you Mm -hmm. think that's important to have a therapist that has lived similar experiences to you for you guys to have a conversation. Um, do you think that's helpful? What, what are your thoughts on that? I don't think it has. It de- I think it depends on your issues. So he had identity issues. Right. He was adopted and all of these different things. And a lot of the trauma that w- existed in his life was racial. Mm-hmm. And so he's seeing that and he's not, you know, he's just in the beginning stages of, you know, yeah. healing. 
you know, that's a constant trigger. That's a constant reminder. I think he just wanted someone who could kind of understand because he's so uptight too, yeah. where he can just let that one layer off, you know, and just, ah, and then maybe that's he'll have true. a breakthrough. Like he's got a way to go though. That was, that's a good way to yeah, put it though. Is it is one layer. And that is another piece of privilege. It's another layer that we have to shed and get through to get mm-hmm. to the, to the human issues. Um, yeah. It's almost like a defense mechanism. Like you have your shield. Right. Or it's just, it's you just know? one more battle you have to fight. We all have battles that we fight as humans, anxiety or trust issues or just life experiences. Yeah. But, then, life, but yes. then there's the next layer. There's another layer. There's a layer of being a woman and having to deal with those things. Mm-hmm. There's a layer about race or uh, sexual orientation, maybe or identity. Like every little way that you can be quote unquote different from what is the norm, let's say, which we've always talked about is a, a heterosexual Christian white male type person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anything that, that puts you off of that is another layer that you have to dissect, um, understand. Yeah. That's a layer. I like that. And so or he onions. had that. We are onions. You know, he's a, We're spicy onions. Yeah. Cause remember he was like almost putting on a show and he, he would make me mad. I can't stand shows like that. That's why I can't watch soap operas and stuff because it's just like, <laughs> get him out. But he was like, he had this whole thing. He's like, I'm going to go and trick the therapist, you know? Yep. And then, you know, and she saw right through it though. Ego. She saw right yeah. through it. Oh yeah. Yeah, because he was so high in his ego. But I think once all of that happened, he started to crack it a little yeah. bit. It started cracking. And he and he finally was vulnerable enough to say, what am I doing? Why am I putting on this show? Yeah. Like, this isn't working for me. Like, I'm not going to sit here and just go through the motions. But I do want to get help. And so then he, you know, he did all of those different interviews and stuff. Uh-huh. And he kind of found one who he felt could understand his struggles, yeah. you know? So I thought that was cool. For me personally, I haven't... Like I've had a black therapist, um, but you know, she's like 15 years younger than I am or something like that. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, but my, uh, therapist, uh, is, was a woman of color. So she was like biracial. And, and so just being a woman and just be having some kind of understanding of the black experience really, you know, helped me shed those layers for myself or we can just get into, it's kind of like the him downstairs. Like you don't have to. <laughs> I said that to my dad. To I said say. that to my dad last night. He knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> he said, right? oh, Bernie Mac, Bernie Mac. <laughs> he said, messed around and got a show and some success. And then he went too early. And he was like, yeah. But I he, was mean, he was going on in. the way he up. Like, yeah. That was what it time. Yeah, but it's just those unsaid things that you just get through. You don't have to waste your time and your, your you know, your copay going through. And so <laughs> I feel like if I didn't have even black doctors, like my health has improved having black doctors or not even doctors because I go to nurse practitioners. You know, doctors are another story for me. Um, just having that, my health has improved, my physical health, my mental health. And it's because people understand there's that, there's not this, I don't even know what it's called, but there's some kind of seeing yourself in other people. I think we have, it's kind of like the ego thing. Like we talk, like you want to identify. So you're always looking for yourself. And so I feel like maybe that's what it is. And, and because you go to school, you take anatomy classes, but then there's some things that are, you know, not going to be covered like on Grey's Anatomy. Yes. I was thinking um, that too with Owen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cause I'm always talking about that with like technology, you know, like, especially like the hand washers, you know, it's like, okay, th- there's biases set in this because it's not trained to recognize something this dark. Dang. And so that's at school, you know, people aren't trained. These, yeah. So it's just like, if that's, if, if you're in this tunnel vision, this is all, you know, then 
it's not your fault. I mean, the books didn't teach it. Now we're just finally understanding the meaning of diversity. I think people thought, and, and unfortunately, people like your boy Clarence Thomas, my boy, thought girl, <laughs> my who thought <laughs> thought that something you know that uh, even though he benefited, which I don't understand, he was but he was against affirmative action. I think he thought that like diversity meant just a quota, just a number. But it's so much more because you learn, wait, I can't do, if I do this, I will literally kill this person. So, And that's also why diversity, as far as not just instruction and teaching people about things, but just the representation, doctors of color, lawyers of color, nurses of color, teachers of color, because they know things. Social workers. Social workers. Oh my yeah. goodness. But like, you know, going back to that Grey's Anatomy, um, the Asian doctor knew about the Asian mm-hmm. um uh, statistics for whatever that, that ailment was. And a lot of times you will know what impacts you, you know, so mm-hmm. whether or not it was taught, he knew because he probably falls into that category. You know, you know, you know, uh, black people are more likely probably to know about sickle cell anemia. Jewish people are more likely mm-hmm. to know about taste acts and stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's something, you know, you, you know what you know because you live it or you've got family members who have it or, or stuff like that. So it's mm. just having more representation in all of these fields. It's important, not only for the younger yeah. generations coming up and seeing themselves in somebody who's in a, in a position of success or accomplishment, but, you know, just as far as effectively servicing people and the community Right. And it's effectively getting service and not having to die, you know, like that would be nice. So it's just so I don't know where to start. I I can talk about it all day. Like, I feel like there has to be some kind of solution for racism. It it doesn't start with teaching the next solution for what? Yes, for racism, for racism, for hatred. Like, but it's that that feeling of we always have to have the need to be right, to feel superior to someone. Yeah, to feel like we're on top. And it's just like, why is that? Why is that the nature of humanity? I was thinking about that in the context of like school. I think we were we were talking, maybe it was with you, and about how they have superlatives, most likely to mm. succeed, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they're putting these labels on people and, and then, you know, you, you have the valedictorian. Now, I'm not saying I'm one of those people who believes that you should be, um, everybody gets first place. No. But what I do believe is, <laughs> but what I do believe is, if everyone is high quality, you don't need a curve. You just need it. Like if I, if I have a 99, you made a 99, if 10 people made a 99, they made a 99. We'll check, make sure there was no cheating yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever. For me, that's a sign of success. I didn't understand you have that. a lot of the, cur- the whole curve process is just like, what, mm-hmm. for what? Why? Yeah. For the ego to stroke them. Ego. You, and if you can take this into the workplace too, like you can't take the ideas of this superlative system and only one first place into the workplace. Cause I'm sorry. I will never feel like someone is my competition in my workplace because from in a my team mind, environment. if you're doing well, if you're doing well, I'm doing right. well. Let's go make this money. Okay. Like, well, I think there's, so, there's two ways to look at it. I, I do think like when you're in school, you should acknowledge the valedictorian. It takes a lot, mm-hmm. you know, to do that, to get whatever great, you know, I, I think there should be acknowledgement for accomplishment. I don't, I don't believe. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't think you shouldn't acknowledge right. it. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know about the superlatives. But I'm saying if two people had the same thing, what, what do they do? The valedictorian and the salutatorian Salutatorian, yeah. But you would have to, if you yeah. had the same GPA, 
they would both be yeah that's what i'm saying how would that be yeah yeah you wouldn't pick a whatever but i i don't think the solution is doing away with acknowledging people who have achieved success like i don't think that that's the solution because that disincentivizes but how does how is what do you mean that's the solution i said i don't think that's the solution to yeah, but did I say it was the same? I don't know. What are we talking about? I don't even know what we're talking about. I mean, I don't even find it problematic. I really don't. Growing up, to me, it was it was something that pushed me harder, was to get that acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Um, it does feel good to have people yeah. acknowledge that you're, you know, hey, you're a good well, mom. Well, that's your whole you're life. Great. Yeah, you're, exactly. You know? So I don't think the, I don't think anything good comes from saying we can't have a first, second, third place or a winner. Or yeah. A, you know, that's, but, but. But I think the way that we're teaching it yeah, but needs I'm, to change. Yeah, because I never said that we, we we shouldn't have a first, second, or yeah. third. What I'm saying is if ever if you have 10 people who are first rate, you know, top number one quality, sure. you're doing something right. Of course. But we set up these fake things that don't have any say. And you can take this back to race. Like what? You know? I need an example. Because, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm doing. Okay, girl. Because you take, uh, <laughs> you take, for instance, like uh, we were talking about the right privilege or something like that. So you're coming into the race, okay, and you are already five steps ahead, just coming into the race. Um, you're, you're on a, a field. You're on a five-meter dash okay. or whatever. Yeah, field, track and field. So you're already far ahead, and you start to feel some type of way because you're already t- ahead. And so then you start expecting things to happen because they've been happening. Right. And then you become an adult, and the whole world is set up for your success. And so I feel like... What did you have to do outside of exist? And then a lot of people don't understand when you talk about privilege and things like that, because they think, oh, I, you know, I struggled in the street. It's not that it has nothing to do with struggling. It just means that that's the privilege you got due to your race. You, st- you still may have socioeconomic issues. You still may have mental health issues. You still may have uh, family issues. You know, you still have problems and you're st- we're all human beings. Right. And like, I feel like, People who say Black Lives Matter are, are the ones who really mean all lives matter. Like, it's just another way of saying right. all lives matter. It, I, and it's like, well, it, I mean, all lives do matter. But right now there's a crisis yeah. with, you know, that's that's the whole point of it is there's a crisis because, yeah. amongst Black lives not mattering. So that's why we need to and say then, it louder that we matter. Exactly. Right? And we need other people to say it, too. And I want to get to the bottom of it. It's like we're in this virus. We're the number one people dying from it. And then... But we're also the number one people shooting up each other. Like, what's that about? I, I, I want to follow up on what you were saying, though, because you were talking about privilege and being ahead in the race and starting to expect things and having this, this expectation of continued success, continued opportunity, whatever. And it brings me back to the... And the world, give, and you're getting the feedback, the positive reinforcement. But it, it brings me back to that idea <laughs> of slavery is not our history. How we got over it is our history. Slavery is the history of white people. Have we, we haven't gotten over well, it. Well, I mean, though, we're, so. I mean, we're not being whatever, whatever. You get what I'm trying to say. I get what you're trying to yeah. say. Um, Chattel slavery is. Yes. Got you. But what I'm thinking about too is, is, and this is why I think conversations nowadays are, nowadays are um, <laughs> sitting funny with me is white privilege. Again, I feel like it's been made an issue for us. We need to inform people. We need to fix. I feel like a lot of the fix is on us to do. Yeah, black women, don't you know? We, so, we, I mean, we hold it? it up the, society. The mule of the earth. But it just, it, it feels, that's what it feels like, is when you were talking about white privilege and, 
and this this idea that they have this expectation and they're they're waiting for more benefits and stuff to come to them whereas we have to try three four five times as hard to catch up because we mm-hmm. we got somebody's knee on our neck you know or we got mm-hmm. somebody keeping you know keeping funding from our schools or incarcerating people at a higher rate for smaller you know petty crimes yeah. so there's a lot extra that we or our children are expected to do to catch up Mm -hmm. with these privileged kids. And then it's always some kind of, you know, like I hate when people say, oh, well, I, you know, I appreciate diversity, but you're going to have to uh, get it. uh, You're going to have to make those good grades and like everybody else, you're going to have to work, be qualified. And it's like, just by saying that, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. by saying that you are saying, what you are saying is that if someone of color is able to get a position that that person's not qualified. Mm -hmm. Do you hear what you're saying? And I can't stand to hear that. So if someone ever said that, like, no, just don't. (laughs) And these are all based on- Why is it always- Stereotypes. Stereotypes. I mean, but it's sometimes I wonder if it's true. I mean, look at Clarence Thomas. Lord, you love him. (laughs) Girl, you love Clarence Thomas. Woo! You want him all around your Coke can. Ew. Ew, Ew, David. (laughs) <laughs> i love that show what show is that Shit's creek girl please oh i don't watch it <gasps> please watch that i'll try oh my you gosh. know you know i don't have the patience for this i love stuff. it i hated i hated some of them at first and then i was just like i gotta keep watching it was it's pretty good okay get it girl okay you've reached the ancestors yes <laughs> get it get it I always used to say, like, I, I'm not even, I can't sing. This is all the stereotypes. I can't sing. I can't dance. I have no booty. That was me growing up. Same. I mean, I can sing. I was like, I don't. Uh, Thank God. I said I didn't get any of the, the good, the good, beautiful qualities of either side. <laughs> uh, whatever. Whatever that means. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anything else? I, I mean, I don't think. know. I don't know, girl. But that's another thing, like you were saying, like about how people think you're angry when you're not. I think that has been a constant struggle for black women. It's because we have to protect ourselves and then we have to hold up society and we have to do all of these things and then still be dainty, you know. No, and, nobody's expecting us to be dainty. They, that's the thing. No, that's what I'm saying. That's the thing is nobody. That's what, that, that you didn't let me finish my thought. That's what I was saying. I said. We don't have that expectation. We have are doing all of these different things, holding up the world and experiencing things. A lot of black women haven't gone to, to therapy or don't, you know, like I don't have the numbers, but I'm just going from experience I've had personally. So this is completely anecdotal, but just not even seeking therapy, you know, living in a lot of pain. And a lot of that comes off as like defensiveness and anger. You get the angry black woman. No one's digging deeper into why that's happening. But I, I also think that some of that is put on you before you even open your mouth. You know, exactly. Like, like and we I talked do, about earlier. And I do think there's a comparison and this is historic. You can look back, you know, the honor of white women must be protected. This is why black men were hanging from trees. Mm-hmm. Emmett Till got pulled, you know, all these things. A kid, yeah. Um, because because there was something honorable and valuable and something that needed to be protected in white women um, that mm-hmm. is not present for black women by yes. comparison. So, you know, there, there wasn't an honor there, you know, black women were raped a lot for, you know, by white men um, who hated black people, you know, like it's, did it's you crazy know, like, 
Go ahead. Sorry. I didn't know that in the 30s or 50s or something. Like I, I should have looked it up. Let me look it up. You can continue. Yeah, no, I just, I read a book. I had a professor uh, in law school. She did race in the law. Um, I really, this is one of my favorite professors. Uh, She did race in law and constitutional law, and she's just super brilliant. Uh, But she recommended Dark End of the Street. Um, It's a book, I can't Mm -hmm. remember the author. But it's, it's, it is, it's about, um, about rape of of black women, you know, through Jim Crow, through that whole, whole period of time there, and just. um, Yeah, exactly. Same. That's what I was going to say. Yep. Just a lot of the things that were going on, I think you know, we're talking about black history and I'm concerned also that we aren't talking about, about the history of black women. Um, because just like there's feminism, you know, and how they're saying there's her story. There's also a different history for black women too. Um, you know, a lot of it surrounding sexuality and rape Mm -hmm. and objectification along with having to raise the families, having to be there Mm -hmm. when, you know, every man is being having to spend more time yes. with other people's mm-hmm. kids. And, and, you know, I still see yes. that in, in Brooklyn. You see that, you know, like a lot of women, caregivers, uh, black uh-huh. women Nannies. are, you know, uh-huh. taking care of other uh, people's children, you know, spending more time in the day than with their own children. Yeah. So that is still going on. Yeah. Yep. And it's just like, I don't know how to fix this. I don't know if it'll ever be fixed. But, I, you know, like what I don't do want to figure out is how can I live? You know, how can I live? We talked about this off recording or whatever, but I just, the concept of modern day lynchings, I feel like a lot of the things we talk about in history, although they are not happening today, are happening in a different, more modern way. Like they found a way to twist something that's happened before into a new way, something that fits the society Mm -hmm. now that's still um, oppressive. Um, Mm -hmm. Men, I, I know it's happened, but not the way it used to. Um, men, black men are not hanging from trees anymore with white crowds watching like it was entertainment. Now we are watching the videos online of black men being choked out by the police or shot or, or whatever. Um, but it's, it's all online. So it's a different mm-hmm. forum. It's a different, but the same medium. thing. And that, yes. girl, I was just thinking about that and we're still in the same throwing, um, bread and bananas at people with this whole cancel culture and everything yeah. and this whole social media it's like the same we're this we have not evolved no we've just adapted we've just adapted adapted exactly um cancel culture girl i have i have a lot of feelings about that <laughs> same um, so many i don't know Ugh. i think we've gone a little too far that's just me but yeah who who set up the rules if it's if if you're coming from a kind heart, and that's going back to my niggers con. Uh, <laughs> Every time you say that, it kind of catches I, me off guard a little bit. Yeah. Like, say, what? yeah, I I knew where she was coming from. You know, I knew her like that. That woman would probably, you know, she would give me the shirt off her back if she needed it. I can't say many black people who would do that. So I I, I look at the energy of things right. versus the words on their face, and I think that's why like we always get back and forth because I can't really articulate it. Yeah. <laughs> I hate words, but uh, yeah, it's like the energy of of the action or the the word or the emotion yeah. behind the word. Yeah, it definitely it definitely matters whose mouth it's coming out of. Not that it's yeah. right in the general sense. Exactly. But, I mean, I knew somebody. I dated somebody whose dad said the N word. A lot. Um, not a lot, but enough for me to feel uncomfortable. But I knew he was mm-hmm. a sweet person. Yes. You know, he was a mm-hmm. good man. Um, grew up around that probably, you know, and that's just what it was. But um, 
so I, I, I don't, I wasn't angry at him. You know, that's not, that's what I'm talking about. Like the anger isn't placed where I know that you are open. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But. Yeah. I wasn't angry, but yeah, she, she knew it was wrong and she's, you know, I didn't mean it that way kind of thing. Yeah. But what I was laughing at is oh, I completely forgot about this. What would you have done? Oh, I think Lord. I told you this story because I think we related to it with your Venus or I mean your Serena Williams story. Did I even share How, that? I don't um, think I ever shared that. You, you did. I don't know if it, you shared it. I don't know Same. if you published it. But yeah, you yeah. yeah, no, I didn't publish it. Okay, um, but go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, so I met a guy on Match.com ages ago. That just goes to show how long Match.com has been out. And, and you know, I mostly date white guys. So he's, he was a white guy, like a teacher. And it was our first, or, or was our, like, in between our first and second date. Okay. Like, our first date was just, like, a coffee date. Uh-huh. And then we were going to meet up like at a sports bar or something in Hollywood to um, watch the game. And he, I don't remember what we were talking about, but he just went like, he looked crazy. Like he had that like punk rock hair and stuff and like leather jacket look. He just completely shifted and he said something like, yeah, yeah, my in. And I was like. He said the word? Uh, yeah, no, he said the word. No. And, and I was like. Uh, no. Oh shit! So that's three times I've been called <laughs> to you. He said it to you. Like, yeah, we were talking on the phone, and it's like we were about to meet up that afternoon to watch the game why? or the, or the following afternoon. Like, why did he like? Why? <laughs> and he thought it was cool. He was like, "Oh no!" I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna have to go." And you, could see, you could hear his voice crack. His voice cracked. Like, it was just like he was like, "Oh no!" I mean, it could have been a, what a teachable moment, but that wasn't my job. Yeah, no, but, no. Yeah, that's a, that just has layers, you know. You know me. I was you know you shouldn't make assumptions, but I can pull a few layers from that. If you're saying that, you have a lack of self awareness and a lack of understanding about a lot of things. Yep. So, you know, he thought like he probably I don't know if he had ever dated a black woman before or what, but I think he was just trying to relate in the worst. I hate that kind of stuff. That's that awkward. Uh, luckily he was on the phone you can always tell though whether or not i feel like someone's dated a black woman before um you can definitely tell when they haven't yeah so that's always interesting that date you were talking about with some irish dude off plenty of fish because i didn't publish it last time so i'm just gonna tell everybody real quick since we're talking about this um yeah this (laughs) he was from ireland and he was a little bit older than i was i was like in my 20s i don't know mid-20s and we met up we'd been chatting on plenty of fish for a bit we met up at like this irish pub it was the dubliner i believe in long beach anyways uh we went there we were gonna have dinner and i show up you were gonna <laughs> yeah we were gonna have to, yeah we did have dinner it was a very quiet dinner um but i show up he gets there i'm taller than him and i am not that tall i'm what five six five seven and he started making some comments that were so uncomfortable I remember him saying something like, oh, I don't like hip hop. Okay. Okay. At that time, I was heavy in some country music. So great. You know, like, what does that have to do with me? Yeah. We were going to Coldplay concerts. Yeah. You don't know me. You don't know what I'm about. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hip hop. Okay. And that already sat funky with me. And that was like just at the beer phase of the date. We each had like a Guinness or something. And that was it. And then he said something. You look like somebody. And I was like, oh, really? You know, oh, trying to be friendly, <laughs> trying to be friendly and open, knowing that he'd already made a hip hop comment. But he was like, you look like one of those tennis players, the tennis sisters, the sister, you know, whatever. Uh, the one that this, she's really good at tennis. 
I do not look like either William's sister, right? <laughs> um, I am not built like either of them, although I am very envious of Serena's body, let me tell you. But he didn't say it in a complimentary way. He said it, you know, like, one, you don't look like what I expected you to look like, which is ridiculous mm. because my pictures were of me, obviously. But it just, it was meant to be um, derogatory or insulting anyways. Yeah, have you? I was going to say, have you ever dealt with that? Like, have you ever gone out with a guy or like, or gone like to a bar or something like that, a social scene, and then you can tell they're testing you. They're trying to see like if they can get a rise off of you. I play along. I'm just, it depends on the circumstance, but I'll just be laughing and, you know, like, I'm not going to take the bait. No. Are they trying to anger you? You mean like trying to get you to be that angry black woman? <laughs> yeah. And I, th and I feel like people want to get a rise out. And so that's what I was going to go back to. Speaking of angry black women, like, are we jumping to conclusions? Like maybe should you have said, you know, like challenged him? Why do you think I look like those people? Should I have challenged the guy? Um, <laughs> I would now. You know, what, maybe that's part yeah, of it. I would you... now. I would say, I, I'm sorry, what do you what do you mean by that? And I remember I had an issue. Because it could have been a... an issue with somebody closer, like uh, family, um, that I told mm -hmm. you about that made me very uncomfortable. And you said, oh, well, yeah. then you should push back and ask, you know, what, what do you mean by that? Very um, unthreatening-like. And so I think that's what yeah. I would do now. I just say, you know, mm -hmm. I do. Oh, you know, like, you know. Because then you, people will kind of think twice before they, they should. don't think. You know? They should. Yeah. You know, or think once. <laughs> They'll think once before yeah. they say something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not our job to instruct and to educate, but it wouldn't hurt to just drop a little... Maybe you should think about it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's a, this has to be give or take. You can't expect people to learn on their own. If that's the case, why do we have school? Like, right. it doesn't work that way. They do need some some pebbles. If you don't have the space, set good boundaries and let people know that you don't have the space. Yeah. Well. This is a little something about, yeah, about race and mental health and, uh, you know. Life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Always life. about that time. I need to go feed my children. And I got to go to therapy. All right, girl. It's been real. <laughs> it's been real. Bye. Bye.